0: Bill O'Reilly here, Monday, August 31st, 2020. You are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Here's what's happening today in America. California moves closer to racial reparations. Anti-police protests in Portland, Oregon, enter their 90th day. Joe Biden exits the basement for the campaign trail. Latest polls show President Trump gaining in battleground states. Residents fleeing New York City in record numbers. Also ahead. How the violent people are actually helping Donald Trump. But first, lawmakers in California creating a new commission to study reparations for black residents. The Senate voting 33 to 3 to authorize the panel with recommendations coming by 2020. California was officially a free state before the American Civil War, but did deny some civil rights to non white minorities for decades. Riots in Portland, Oregon entering their third month, with dozens injured. One person shot dead over the weekend. Violence broke out when anti-police activists clashed with Trump supporters who showed up. Democrat Mayor Ted Wheeler blaming the unrest on President Trump while refusing any help from the federal government. Also, Mr. Trump says he will visit Kenosha, Wisconsin this week. Joe Biden planning his return to the campaign trail after months being holed up in his Delaware basement. The former vice president confirming his plans to tour the country alongside Senator Kamala Harris after Labor Day. His lead in the polls seems to be shrinking the conventions and continued racial unrest in major cities, hurting Mr. Biden. Recent polls from USA Today and Morning Consult show the president gaining ground on Biden in swing states. Mr. Biden leaves Mr. Trump by five points nationally, but the president is within the margin of error in key states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, Virginia, and Ohio. At this point, it is a toss-up. The average home price in Manhattan plummeting 56 percent since June, while housing in the suburbs up 21 percent. Economists say more than 500,000 wealthy city residents have fled since the pandemic came to town. Most departing cite the virus and anti-police protests for the move away from the nation's largest city. In a moment, how the radical left may re-elect President Trump. Time now for the O'Reilly Update message of the day. Can President Trump make a comeback? As everyone knows, the president has been running behind in the polls since the pandemic hit in March. Mr. Biden leads by sometimes double digits in some surveys. But you know the president scored some points at the Republican convention by the way his media enemies attacked after his nomination speech ended. Almost instantly, an after-party hate buffet was served up by CNN and NBC News, but it amounted to little. By 11.30 p.m. on Thursday night, only Trump supporters were still watching. Most of the resistance had gladly entered the land of nod. Did you notice that the president barely mentioned the media in his 70-minute address? It was amazing. He disciplined himself to lay off Morning Joe and the other Trump-loathing zombies. Who knew the president could actually do that? The reason the media was not scolded as usual is that Donald Trump had more important points to make. So the fun bunch press people receded for a moment in his mind. Now, there are two simple issues that could win Mr. Trump re-election. First, that he is the candidate who can best reignite the economy when COVID finally subsides, and second, that he will smash the radical left mob, and Joe Biden will not. Voters with weak attention spans can understand those two points without repetition, and folks who do not pay much attention to politics will decide this upcoming election. There are legions of them. Donald Trump helped himself at the convention, but angry, rampaging fanatics helped him more. Most Americans understand that police need stronger standards on using lethal force, but Americans despise the lawless conduct currently on display. You're not going to win hearts and minds by threatening Senator Rand Paul and his wife as they walk home from the White House. You will not hurt President Trump by terrorizing people eating in restaurants. Joe Biden looks weak on the radical issue, even as Mr. Trump makes it a centerpiece of his campaign. The truth is, the more threatening radical leftists become, the more likely it will be that President Trump and Senate Republicans will prevail in November. The backlash against radicalism is already on display. Let's take the National Basketball Association, for example. Players in the league are actively participating in the protest movement right now, and some of them are aligning themselves with the Black Lives Matter movement. Big economic mistake. BLM leadership is Marxist and destructive. It condones violent protests and seeks to destroy police authority. So, how much is that Laker jersey? Millions of Americans disagree with BLM tactics and will not watch or support organizations that embrace violent chaos, someone tell ESPN. History is a fluid thing. Weeks ago, it looked bleak for Mr. Trump, as I said. COVID, unemployment, schools struggling to reopen, racial tension. I mean, who could get reelected with all that? But things are changing fast now that we hit September and will change again and again before November 3rd. Both Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden are caught in a swirl of unpredictability, even as the debates loom. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I approve that message by actually writing it. For more news analysis, please visit BillOReilly.com and join our Stand Up For Your Country campaign. In a moment, something you might not know. Support for this podcast and the following small business story comes from Dropbox Business. Teamwork, your way. Hi, I'm Naomi, and this is my small business story. There I was again, struggling to balance my professional life and making my son something healthy in my personal life. And then I decided, I can solve this. So I put together a team, and we created Astronoms. An easy, balanced meal for working parents to give their kids. Our team seems mismatched, in different time zones, with different working styles. But honestly, that's only made us more productive. I work early in slides, while BizDev assigns tasks, and Legal works late sending documents from HelloSign, all from one shared Dropbox workspace. Oh, that's our project manager. I gotta go. Bye! Try Dropbox for your team free for 30 days at dropbox.com slash teams at work. Now the O'Reilly update brings you something you might not know. The latest trend in modern music is streaming. Today, more than 95% of listeners get their tunes from Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. But 50 years ago, 1970, the business was dominated by single records. Remember then? Here are the groups that topped the charts in the first week of September 1970. Number 10, the song Make It With You by Bread. Next up, Candida by a group called Dawn. That's Tony Orlando's bunch. The eighth spot goes to the Carpenters and their single Close to You. Karen Carpenter, in my opinion, had the best female voice ever. Number 7, In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry, one-hit wonder from England. Next, Legendary Rock Group Chicago with 25 or 6 to 4, followed by Bobby Sherman, uh-oh, Julie, Do You Love Me? No, Bobby, she doesn't. And Patches, a good song by Clarence Carter. The top three go to some pretty familiar acts. Looking Out by Creedence Clearwater Revival. The hit song was one of the last four Creedence. They would break up less than two years later. The second biggest hit in the country in September 1970 was War by Edwin Starr. What is it good for? The top spot goes to Ain't No Mountain High Enough by the legendary diva Diana Ross. The song was the singer's first single after she left the Supremes. The actual recording ran eight minutes, but producers thought it would be too long for the radio. The version they sent to DJs clocked in at under three minutes still played a lot on classic radio and the oldie stations. And here's something else you might not know. For most artists, it's nearly impossible to earn a living by recording. The records aren't even played. You don't even hear the songs anymore, even if they're good. Well, back in the 1970s and 80s, physical sales, that's vinyl, CDs, audio cassettes, raked in $13 billion each year in 2019, last year, that number dropped to 900 million, a 93% decline. Today, it's all about touring. Acts like you, too, Elton John, can earn more than $70 million annually by selling out stadiums all across the globe. And that is the state of the music industry. Back after this. Wow.